I'm Jerry Oliveri, and this is the Digital Dialogue Series from the Order of the Golden Rule, a podcast by, for, and about the independent funeral home profession. Our theme this year is What's Your Edge? as we focus on you can develop and leverage the edge you have over your competition. Today's guest is Joe E. Prey of Prey Funeral Home in Charlotte, Michigan. Joey and the rest of his team at the Four Generation Family Funeral Home specialize in customizing services for the families they serve, from bowling alleys for enthusiasts and classroom desks for teachers, to a Viking boat for the local population with Nordic roots. We toured Viking burial grounds, we toured Viking ship museum, and I was intrigued. We took lots of notes, and we're in the process of actually designing a Viking casket and Viking, uh, large Viking model boats that we would use for cremations. Joey will discuss several of the custom ideas he has put together in coordination with the families he serves in order to tell their loved ones' stories. Stay with us. OGR's Digital Dialogue Series is brought to you by The Dodge Company, the world's largest manufacturer and distributor of preparation room supplies and an OGR-endorsed supplier. Learn more at dodgeco.com. That's D-O-D-G-E-C-O.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Jerry Oliveri, and welcome to OGR's What's Your Edge podcast. So let's get started. I'm here today with Joey Prey from Prey Funeral Home in Charlotte, Michigan. Hi, Joey. Hello. How are you, Ms. Gary? And I got I to gotta correct your pronunciation. We pronounce it Charlotte, the English way. Charlotte. Okay. That's All right. okay. Everybody does that. Yeah, I would not have known. All right, Joey, as you are known, because there's four generations in the business, Tell us a little bit about why you go by Joey and how your family business got started and has grown. Well, uh, a quick summary of our history. Uh, We started in 1923 when my grandfather got his license to be a funeral director and an embalmer. Uh, They actually came from the dairy business. My grandfather was a cow tester. My great-grandfather was running the uh, dairy in town. The dairy changed hands. They didn't necessarily agree with the new management because the new management wanted to manage things that weren't as beneficial for the customers or the dairy farms that they had helped grow. And at the same time, Mrs. Fast, who owned Smith & Conklin Undertaking and Furniture downtown, decided to replace the gentlemen that were working, that were taking care of her business and hire my grandfather and my great-grandfather. So that's how we got started, furniture and undertaking on the main street. Um, Let's see, several about that time, they also bought a home on Seminary Street, a couple blocks from the store. That's where they actually would conduct many of the funerals as things were transitioning from the home to the, from a home to the funeral home. Uh, 1949, they were able to acquire the property next door to the funeral home and they were gonna add on, but one of the attorneys in town said no. Myron, you have to build a new building. So they did. Um, It was uh, by the help of the community and some of the other people that helped finance that. So it was really kind of nice. The community came together to support our family. My grandmother, my grandmother, Hazel Prey, she was, I believe, when she died, she was the oldest person holding just a funeral director's license at the time because 
years ago, you could get a dual license. And wow, that's impressive. My mother, Laurel Prey, died in 2010. She was the last person who had just a funeral director's license. So uh, now is, is your state dual embalmer and funeral director or is it funeral director and you do both? It used to be. Now we have uh, up until the 50s, I think my mother was probably one of the also the last ones to get a funeral director's license in the uh, mid 50s or early 50s, I think it was. And then, uh, not, and then it became mortuary science license, which is what I have and Tyler, my son has. The reason I go by Joey is because my father's name is Joseph. My first name's Joseph. Tyler, our son that works with us here in the funeral home, his name is Joseph, but his middle name's Tyler. And then he has a son, Joseph Anders, and we go by Anders. So Okay. So your dad is Joe, you're Joey, then Tyler and Ander. Yeah. So that's kind of great. Joey. Don't mind being Joey to everybody in town. Yeah. I mean, I would like that four generations. I mean, it's amazing. It's more than four, actually, right? Five that have been involved in the business. And yeah. maybe six, depending upon what our grandson does. But he's only seven. So he's only, yeah. Him yet. Dad is 93. And still comes to work. There's a yeah. lot of days it's like, Joe Sr., you're going to have to go with us to the cemetery. You stay there while the, because we always leave somebody at the cemetery while we close the grave. We, mm -hmm. We, uh, we send somebody to the crematory and attend the cremation because in Michigan, I cannot own a crematory. So, Neither can New Jersey. Yeah, and so rather than turn the custody of that person over to somebody else, we send a person, witnesses the cremation, he stays, hand the cremator remains back to our gentleman, he comes back, the families really like that. Just one That's of the ways that we do that. My colleagues. What's it take? About two hours? Like we have some fast ones. Some retorts are fast, some are not. Yes, probably at least they're a minimum of three hours. Yeah. And yeah, we have one re one our crematory has some older ones and some newer ones. The newer ones take about two, two and a half hours, and the older ones take like three, three and a half hours. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's really nice in the in your family to know that someone stays with their loved one the whole time. Yes. I've That's only right. had one family that didn't appreciate it. One <laughs> did not? Yeah, one, one did not. You see what would be the problem? What would it, what would uh, it? In that, in that case, well, we have to schedule it. And they were, you know, they, they kind of appreciated it, but it took an extra day because we have to schedule that with the crematory. Right. And it took an extra right. day to schedule that. But well, now since the... Happy with. They were happy with that part. They just didn't want to wait an extra day. Since the pandemic, our crematory, everything's on a schedule. We can't just come in anymore. And it's kind of difficult because sometimes we're on the schedule and then a house call comes in and we're like, <laughs> God, we're supposed to be at the crematory now. You know? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like so, the director, planning. <laughs> planning and then that phone rings, right? Yeah. But so what inspired you to continue in the footsteps of your family? Was it the whole business itself or did you have other interests and come back? Well, I, I like the ability, I, I like the ability to take care of families. I like the respect that we garnered that people hold us in high esteem. I like the I like that ability. <laughs> I also like the funeral directors conventions. <laughs> oh yeah, they're good. I go to both uh, my state and national. Do you go to the national? Yes, in fact, we met at the National a number of years ago, I think, in Nashville. Oh, I've been to Nashville. We met, and I don't remember. Yep. Shame yep. on yep. me. 
Sorry, you, mean a lot, you mean a lot of people. I've, I've still got your card in my drawer here in the desk. Oh, good. well, I haven't moved. Do yeah. I look the same or no? You do. <laughs> Older? No, you look pretty. You look bad. You look great. Oh, oh thank you. Kind of what did it. And then as we've, as we've progressed through the years, you know, and we went to a life appreciation training years and years ago, uh, that kind of triggered it for me to say, oh my gosh, there's a lot more than the 23rd Psalm. And so therefore we said, yeah, let's do more of that. So that is really what's kept me intrigued and enthused about what we do is telling all the stories from that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then did you have to encourage your son or is it something that he just wanted it to do or did he, you know, um, have other ideas too or anything like that? Like well, my children did not go into it at all. We've all had our days. We all, when we were, when I was in school, I tried, I think four or five different majors thinking, well, yeah, I'd be a funeral director, but maybe I'll do this. So I had a well-rounded education. Tyler did too. He went through a couple of different majors. He has, I think, three degrees. One of them is a degree in mortuary science. And he kind of, he came home because he saw, he wanted to work with his family. Again, he mm -hmm. saw the great things that we are able to do. Um, he likes that the community appreciates us. And he's now, you know, he likes to be able to help the folks through their worst times as well. We, we have little, we have different focuses of what we like to do. I like to do all the personalization stuff. He likes to do the arrangements and kind of running everything and organizing. Okay. So that's kind of like what your favorite part is, but um, what's your favorite part about working with family? Do you have like different personalities? Working with family for us has been a good thing. Not many arguments. I mean, Tyler will come in every morning as I'm sitting here at the desk and he'll walk in and he'll, <laughs> he doesn't say hello anymore. He just comes in and says, damn it, Joey. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what'd I do now? You beat him in. <laughs> no, it's like, you've got, you, you okay, now you've, you, and then they, you know, he's, they've given me things, if this was, I could show you all my rainbows and Skittles and little unicorn things that they get for me, because it's like, is this going to be another unicorn crapping Skittles and rainbows again for this funeral? <laughs> because I do go over the top, and they appreciate it, it's just, he shakes his head and says, where do you come up with some of these ideas, Dad? <laughs> and, but he's glad we do. Yeah, so you have the creative yeah. side that you can bring in. So that's really good. Oh, yeah. uh, my daughter also got two degrees. Contrary mm -hmm. science was one. And the other one is the, um, she's a licensed professional counselor. So she kind of merged the two and she does like some of our counseling for people. Oh, yes. Stuff, good. You yeah. know, but she's licensed to do both. So it's nice. My other two, they don't. They don't have anything. Maybe they changed their mind. I don't know. <laughs> Tyler's, Tyler's the writer in the family, so he's done all. He's done. He does a lot of the writing for different things. Uh, he's currently doing a column, question and answer column in our local paper, and we try. I try to get that adapted to put on the blog, on our website, but and that works most of the time, but not all the time. Okay. Yeah, he likes it. Right. Well, Joey, the we need to take a break for our sponsors, but when okay. we back I would like to ask you about Viking funerals. Okay. 
The Dodge Company has remained on the cutting edge of the funeral supply profession thanks to our commitment to innovation. We continue to develop the most widely sold embalming machines in the world, as well as new chemicals and solutions for our funeral home customers, including Dispray, which meets and surpasses the CDC's recommended threshold of 70% alcohol, as well as being fortified with a brand new generation of high-performance quaternary ammonium compounds. Put our edge to work for you with our entire product list at shop.dodgeco.com. That's shop.dodgeco.com. Welcome back to OGR's podcast, What's Your Edge? With me, Jerry Oliveri, as your host, and our guest today is Joey Prey. Your website mentions Viking burials and their rights. Have you met many inquiries or you just have an interest? Oh, we've had lots of inquiries. In fact, that is, out of all the blogs we've written over the years, those are still the most popular ones. The Viking. Way higher in search engine ratings and way higher in hits than anything else. It started out because our community has what they call the Michigan Nordic Fire Festival. And basically we all dress up and pretend we're Vikings for a weekend. And there are people that come off from all over the Midwest who really believe they are Vikings. And Many of them are of Viking descent. As it turns out, my wife, it turns out, was is of Viking descent in Norway. We actually went back in 2018. We went, the family went over there to meet all the rest of the family. <clears throat> in fact, Anders Furu came over and that was, let's see, would be, that's where the name for our youngest or for our oldest grandson came from was Anders, was from Anders Furu, the great, great grandfather who came from Norway. Well, we went back there and we toured Viking burial grounds. We toured Viking ship museum. And I was intrigued. We took lots of notes and we're in the process of actually designing a Viking casket and Viking uh, large Viking model boats that we would use for cremations. We've had, we had one lady that called from Alaska and said, can you build me one of these? And we said, yes, we can. Unfortunately, we got it designed and ready to go and we were building a, a five-foot Viking ship model with complete with a burial chamber and she called up and says oh I've got somebody up here who's going to make it for me and we said no problem um, oh wow on the other hand, <laughs> what an opportunity though oh and, yeah I mean then would you be able to do it like a Viking funeral and set it on fire and set it out or no there are, yes. The interesting part about Viking funerals is the uh, Viking ship set to sea, set ablaze with a flaming arrow was Hollywood. Mm -hmm. that's, that's not what they really did. Oh. So, no, they dragged the ships ashore. Uh -huh. They had elaborate ceremonies at some point. I won't get into the details now, but they would usually then bury the ship with the with the deceased warlord or leader or queen or great warrior. And the ship would be filled with all kinds of other things that they would need on their trip to Valhalla. Mm -hmm. And those were usually buried. In some cases, they were hauled ashore, loaded up with these things and set ablaze on shore. And the smoke they figured would be, was helping their spirit rise to Valhalla. And then once they finished that, they would bury the remains of the ship after the, the huge fire 
in these enormous mounds, which are still several burial mounds throughout the Scandinavian countries. <clears throat> so that's wow. really what the Viking, that's really what a Viking funeral was. Did involve a ship, but it wasn't set ablaze. And we've had a few people that have, we, I mean, we've got it figured out how to do that. We would not actually put the person on there because I think there's only one state um, in the country now that allows open funeral pyres. Right. I believe that's New Mexico. As I was gonna say, it's definitely if, not New Jersey. Yeah, I don't know if Washington or Oregon has, I know they've been talking about it, but I don't know how far they are on it. But even then, you can't set a ship ablaze with a person on it out in the middle of the lake and expect it's gonna burn. It's gonna burn down to the water line and it's- Right. You gotta deal with it. Yeah. So, We've come up, we're coming up with, we've got plans for a casket that would be kind of made like a ship and it would have the head and tail piece like a ship that would be detachable. We've got the designs work in place. We just got to work out some of the fine details on it before we can get one put together. The and then launch it, yeah. The, you know, those are... Well, it helps that you're really handy. I mean, I see you <laughs> things and, and, and creative, the two go hand in hand. So that's, that's really... Um, elaborate and that brings me right into the next question about your funerals and customization for your families mm -hmm. I mean I've seen the bowling alley video that you've done and oh, yeah. that now do you you I saw you were actually building it in your garage in your video you're like huh yeah. what am I doing tonight I'm building a bowling alley yeah um, yep. we use that for but do you do it. some things with like a life celebration service or something like that or you do everything on the premises and then are your families involved or is it a surprise? In some cases, some things are a surprise. Some things are orchestrated with the families. Some things are the family's ideas. Um, let's see, the most, the most over the top one we have is for Barbara Collinsworth, my high school speech teacher and coincidentally Tyler's high school speech teacher. When she passed away, we had a full production because she was also the drama teacher so we had a production on the stage, painted her casket at the body shop out in, here in town, her favorite colors, had three-part video, had five eulogists, had a complete uh, choir made up of students, had a brass quintet of her colleagues. And those were things that we had sat down with the, herself when she could, because she had Lou Gehrig's disease. So we sat down with her about a year before she died while she could still speak her and her brother and a couple other family members and talked about what would be appropriate. And so they came up with some of those ideas and then we ran with the ball with the rest of them and kept coming up with, oh, and we could do this. And they'd say, oh, can we? Yeah, we can do that. So that was pretty cool. We've had other- How much time do you need for some of it for planning, like building that alley and, and, and then doing this production and stuff? Like, are you, are your funerals getting done in like two or three days so you have time or it's not enough time and it's more like five days? Oh, even when we're not doing anything really over the top, it seems like we've still got three or four days anyway. That's just okay. the nature of people don't seem to be moving. In a rush, anymore. yeah. They don't seem to be in a rush. Well, uh, that's good, that, that helps. Yeah, so we've got time to do some of those things. Um, some of the props we've made, we store um, the little fishing boat that we made and the backdrop that we made with grand, my grandfather's fishing boat and all his gear pulled up on the beach. Mm -hmm. We've done a few, a number of those things that we can pull out. I'm, you know, we're looking at projection options where we can 
use backdrops instead of having to build a backdrop or paint a backdrop or blow up a huge picture. We were looking at options to take the family's pictures and use their vacation pictures or whatever as the backdrop of the, mm -hmm. of the cat. I, I do that now with um, Life Celebration, um, the one in New Jersey, the giving. Yep. I do that. Sure. Excellent. Love it. I mean, most of mine are surprises. We just ask uh, for yeah. details about the person and pictures. And then we like to find the pictures of them doing their hobbies and bring that to life. Sure. Excellent. But you have definitely uh, more customization and a, and a talent. So like now, did you keep the bowling alley or was that gifted to the family? No, <laughs> They, they wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's currently stored in the garage. Although, yeah, but do you have like a facility on your compound <laughs> that where you store stuff like that, label it, and so you know where to find it again, like all organized and stuff? Uh, we have two or three rooms in the building, in the apartment. There used to be an apartment upstairs. A couple of the bedrooms are now prop rooms. And yes, we have them in there. Yes, we have them organized, but it never seems to be organized enough. <laughs> but yeah, we've got those things. We keep them around. Uh, we improve them. We build them. You know, the golf, the putting green, the golf flag for the for the hole, all that stuff. We've got. Yeah, we keep it around, and we're adding stuff to it all the time. One family was uh, mom was a teacher. They brought in this little school desk because we used it as part of their diorama and they basically gave us a school desk afterwards. So I said, yeah, I can use that for another teacher service, you bet. Other things we do, a couple of months ago, we had, mom was known for her cheesecake, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we happen to have a fabulous baker in town that does mini cheesecakes. And we had her make, I don't know, a hundred of them and box them all up individually because we aren't supposed to be serving food unless it's packaged and so well, because of the covid stuff and so right. then we called her up and said can you make us 100 of these this was her favorite this is the family's favorite and so they did now of course the family was just wild with that they thought that was terrific and we ended up um they, a couple of them said well those are really good they're not as good as mom's i said well i didn't think they would be but it reminded you of your mom, didn't it? And so, oh, that was so cool. And then, uh, you know, another family we've had, uh, they wanted cookies and circus peanuts. <laughs> so I went, so we, we pulled in a bunch of those. Sometimes those things are done on our tab. Other times, it depends upon how the family, if the family asks for it or whatever, it's done, uh, it's done at, with their expense. You know, we take care okay. of it. And whatever the expense was to their account. So yeah, we do a lot of stuff like that. I love, you know, the bowling alley. Uh, last week we had one that was the, or a couple of months ago, again, we had one where we pulled the pool table out. We had that set out there because Friday night, Friday at five, the boys and the dad would gather at the pool table and they'd shoot pool. When they were young, dad would let them win once in a while. And the kid says, and after he got older, yeah, dad got better and we got better too, but he still took our money then when we got older. <laughs> so so we, we shot pool at the visitation and the last, the service was closed with the last break. That's kind of cool stuff that we, we like to do. Yeah, yeah, I think so. 
I mean, I think families find comfort in it. Oh, it's celebrating the stories, all the great things. Um, that yeah. Draws those stories out from everybody else that's there. I remember just, and probably anybody else has, I remember when my mother died, we had half the community came through and I couldn't believe all the stories I heard. It's like, whoa, my mom did that. <laughs> and that side of her, right? Yeah, well, it was. And they were, but the people had such glowing reviews of it. And, and so it's just, I, I learned several things about my mother at her funeral that I either didn't know or was just not paying attention to all her, all her life. So. But we have different relationships in our life. You know, oh, our yeah. friends see a side of us or some friends bring another side of us out. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. different people do that to us. And yeah. then when we're parents, we're parents, you know? So there's yeah. too high because they have, we want them to listen to us. So mm -hmm. that's right. Did it with your son too. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and then through the pandemic, was it really difficult to help them or serve them or customize for them? Well, during the pandemic, like so many other funeral homes, um, we had a lot of families that didn't want to do anything because they were afraid right. to get anybody. So we had a lot of people that were immediate dispositions with a service later, maybe. Uh, that bothers me most because a lot of these people... We, you know, we kept up with them and said, hey, you want to do this in the spring and blah, blah, blah. You want to do, we can do a, a memorial this summer under the canopy. Right. And so, and some of them did, many of them didn't. And that grieves me because I feel that's going to hinder their grief work. Right, the However, whole process. Last summer, when we were able to hold services outside under the canopy in the garden, it was a, it was a godsend because family said, oh, I'm so glad we can do this. I need the help of everybody gathered around me. We have so many families that just are going to cremate dad and do it themselves, whether they do or not. I don't know. And I've got a great analogy for that. You know, it's like um, um, we were talking the other day with a family and he said, I don't believe now. I'm not going to go through that. I don't want to have funeral because I'm going to make me cry. And it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to see all those people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, well, you know, Dr. Alan Wolfelt, Dr. John Canine, uh, several other people who have studied this, you know, Carl um, Jennings, they've studied this. You have to go through this. It's not a, it's not a journey you get to pick or choose. Your person, your wife died, you are going to go through the grief journey. Now, you can either go through it in a healthy manner, and we can help you, or you can go through it by yourself. I, I came up with the analogy for us. I said, it's like driving to Detroit. It's an hour and a half drive. It's not a fun drive. Nobody really wants to go to Detroit from my neighborhood, but we have to go there once in a while and come back. So the grief journey is kind of like that trip to Detroit and back. Um, you can drive your car. And I, I use the analogy of the car as being the funeral and all the different pieces of the funeral and all the different pieces of what we can do for you are the different parts that make up the car, the funeral director and the clergy are sometimes even driving the car for the family. So that, that's kind of what it is. That helps you through mm -hmm. that. Now, now, Grandpa says, I don't want to have a funeral. You don't do nothing for me. I don't like going to funerals. Don't do nothing. It'll be easier for you. Well, Grandpa, you have just told the family, I ain't gonna go on this journey. Don't buy that car. It's gonna be too expensive. It's gonna be too fancy. You take a pair of rollerblades. Rollerblades, really? 
Well, you'll make it to Detroit and back, but you're not going to be in very good shape. You're going to be battered and bruised. Probably going to have a couple of broken bones from the potholes. Who knows what's going to happen when you go through the dangerous parts of Detroit on your rollerblades. Yeah, you'll probably make it back, but it'll take you a lot longer. You'll be in worse shape for it. Yep. My analogy of nothing, doing nothing, saying to do nothing versus, yeah, let's have some sort of celebration. And besides, we get to tell all the stories. It's really cool. People laugh. They cry. Mostly they laugh at most of our funerals. And they cry. Because you're celebrating a life. That's right. You know, it's not the years, it's the dash, what you did between the years. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I always tell people, you know, the reason I like funerals is anyone can go. It's not by an invite. And you mm -hmm. don't know who touched whose life or the thread that you are in their quilt of their life until you have a funeral and you hear those stories and see the full quilt. That's right. I, that's the same, I've used that as a tapestry. You know, the tapestry yep. of life is made up of many different threads. Each story is a different thread. <laughs> now here's the caveat though. Now, some of our best fabrics today have some synthetic threads and there are probably <laughs> some made up stories that work their way into that quilt. <laughs> <laughs> but still, they, you know, I mean, I get it. I don't understand sometimes how they can be so, Negative, and I don't know what drives it because I got into this business because I loved the funeral. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm Italian. Our funerals are big, and yeah, oh, yeah, days like 20, 30, 40 years ago. I get it, it's all changed, but I got to be with my family, I got to talk, and I wasn't excluded because I was too young. You know, you get excluded yeah, from certain ages for weddings and this and that, and it's not by invite. I can come, I knew this person. You know, mm -hmm. It's open to the public. It's quasi-public. And I'm just like, I I love to hear the stories and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. And that's that's what helps. I We have a lot of families, a lot of laughter. They tell great stories. We help to tell those stories. We help them heal by doing that. All right. Well, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Joey Prey about YouTube videos. <laughs> okay. Education is in our roots at the Dodge Company. Shortly after acquiring their first embalming chemical company in the late 1800s, one of the Dodge brothers started traveling the country teaching men and women across the United States how to embalm. A few years after that, they purchased an embalming school to broaden their work. Education remains important to us today, supporting Golden Rule Funeral Homes through contributions toward OGR continuing education and professional development programming. Learn more at dodgeco.com. That's D-O-D-G-E-C-O.com. Welcome back to OGR's What's Your Edge podcast. I'm Jerry Oliveri, and today's guest is Joey Prey from Prey Funeral Home in Michigan. Joey, tell us about the YouTube videos and how they came about, the host and the subjects or the content. Well, it came about because we have lots to say, it seems. Most funeral directors have lots to say. Most funeral directors should say more and promote more about what they do. And it seems everybody's looking for stuff on Facebook or YouTube or wherever. And we also found that some of the most searched and some of the most useful content comes from or comes through video. I mean, I watch, I'm looking up for something of 
how to set up a new timer in a car for a rally or something like that. So I'm usually looking at a YouTube video. Right. Um, that's why we decided to do it because that is what, that seems to be the content that people want to see. And it also ranks very well in the search engine rankings. So we decided to put together just the stories about what we do and why we do them, answering questions, um, all kinds of stuff. We've done a lot about, we do a lot about the value of service. We do a lot about the value of, of funerals, the value of seeing the people, the value of embalming, the value of prearrangements. Oh my gosh, we, we did a lot of during COVID about we're still having funerals, even though we're having COVID, you know, we, here's our canopy, here's the old cars, here's all the great things we can do. And still my favorites are when we can get a clip of, you know, rolling the last strike with a bowling alley or something like that. So that's where we started with that. We also keyed up and we haven't done as much with it because it is a lot of work. We've done a few where we call them meet your neighbor because my father used to run, used to have a radio show on the local radio station mm -hmm. where they said it was meet your neighbor. He'd interview people for three to five minutes about, hey, tell us about your life. Of course, the favorite ones were always where dad says, well, gosh, Billy, have you lived here all your life? And Bill says, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. So but we, are you the host then mostly? Yes. Yep. Okay. And who and helps you do it? Like, we have a college student, a young man who's gone to college for videography. That's what he wants to do is uh, work in videography, documentaries and all. And he's been gracious enough where we've been able to work it out with his schedule to come down and shoot these things. We'll take an entire day and shoot a bunch of them. If we're doing the meet your neighbor or if we're interviewing our people, uh, we'll, inter we'll, we'll get several people lined up and we'll shoot the interviews like that. And that's how we do that. It, it works out very well. We've, uh, we, we're always looking for another topic to talk about. And sometimes those videos take three or four shots. And then there's other times that we've had outtakes where he's, I've made some, I've just told some dumb story to kind of break up what we were doing. And he says, oh, got that on tape. I said, well, if you can edit it and make it look good, <laughs> what do you have? You know, a couple of neat true stories. Yeah. And a couple of not so true stories, but they're not good. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. Half the stuff on the internet isn't real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's okay. So we, we've done a lot of that. We, we like to answer questions. We like to ask questions. And primarily all the videos are things that we feel that families need to know, but don't necessarily know, don't want to know. So we try to make them short and somewhat entertaining um, and easy to listen to. And that's been very positive. We used them on our, we have them peppered throughout our website. We have them on the, um, on our Facebook page and we have our own YouTube channel that holds most all of them. Okay, so who does the writing or the scripting, like, or is it ad-libbed? Uh, most of the writing and scripting is done by myself. Okay. Some of them are ad-lib, but very few. Usually we have an idea what we're going to do. And that's why it takes sometimes two or three takes. And then you start laughing and then you have to stop. And then you... <laughs> well, really... All right, well, that you said you put them on Facebook because I saw Meet the Four Joes. I loved it, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was a kind of funny one, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, that was just a fun, nonsensical one. So is that something the videographer did with you, or that was just something that was just... No, no that was my daughter-in-law was standing there with my phone, and she just... Yeah. Said, and then we've done other things. Uh, some of the day in the life, little video day in the life things, we'll do those just on our phone throughout the day. I did one this morning on day of the life of a funeral director um, after we were after working with the Navy for the um, upcoming funeral honors that we have for Medal of Honor winner or recipient. You don't win the medal. That's honor. a high honor. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, we'll just shoot them on our phone and either upload them ourselves or send them to our media specialist to say, hey, fix this up and put it up there at the appropriate <laughs> time. <laughs> we also do, uh, we've been doing lately uh, updates on our new care center uh, addition to the building. So there's a lot of stuff like that. We'll just do ourselves. Okay. So I see that you're very involved with the community. What are some of the projects that you do like annually? Oh gosh, annually with the community, we sponsor a number of different things. The car show or major sponsors for our two festivals, Frontier Days, and which is coming up at the end of the summer where we all dress up and pretend we're cowboys for a week. Cowboys. So you yeah, do Vikings at one festival and cowboys on another. Yeah, and during the winter, we pretend we're Vikings. <laughs> so we're, we're major sponsors in that. We also have been major supporters of our, the other fund drives for the hospital. We helped raise, you know, several hundred thousand dollars for that. And we've contributed to those for, we built a fabulous, um, we've helped build a fabulous, a uh, uh, health park in our community. Um, it's a center like no other in the country. We have, and uh, we sponsored and we helped build the teaching kitchen in there. Wow. Like for the community. Most recent project was renovating a huge farmer's market that was built in the 30s, given by a family that was very wealthy or an individual who was very wealthy. It was then turned over, recently turned over to a committee made up of my son and two or three other people in our Rotary Club three people from our Lions Club and Tyler and um, one of the other partners in that organization recently raised um, half a million dollars to renovate that. Um, wow. The community grants and significant contributions from our family and a couple others. So that, that's the kind of stuff we like to do. Something that's going to- Well, I also saw the Corteo contest. Am I pronouncing it right? Corteo? Oh, court, yeah, the Corteo. Soleil. That was unique because Corteo was actually um, a whole production done by Cirque du Soleil about the funeral of a clown. It's like, whoa, what better thing for a funeral home to sponsor? You know, if any of our members have Corteo coming to a community near them, you know, a big city or whatever, yeah, I would, I would definitely do the sponsorship a sponsor a contest. We had people wrote, what would you think? What would your funeral be like? What would be really cool? If you could do anything you wanted, what would it be? And we had some fabulous ones and we got permission to share those on our website. And then it was interesting on the bus trip down or on the bus trip on the way back, 
everybody read theirs to the other people. And mm -hmm. then they asked me to say, okay, how would you do that? How would you make, <laughs> would you make it work? <laughs> yeah, I, so we did. I came up and said, oh, I'd do this and that. And then they asked me, what would you do? And it's like, holy Toledo, hadn't thought about that in that context. So I had to mm -hmm. think a minute and came up with, with an equally yeah, good. How far was it? Because you took a bus ride to get to the play that you took all the winners to. Well, it was, uh, we are an hour and a half from Detroit. And that's where it was playing was down at the new um, basketball arena. Okay. So we were down there. It took and an then, hour and a half yeah. bus ride down. <clears throat> took them all to dinner afterwards, after the nice. show. And then we came back. It was a really cool day. Right. So how often does the play happen or is it something that moves from state to oh, state? It moves around from city to city. I'm sure. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, a lot of our a lot of our members should look it up and say, oh, it's coming, coming near me or it's in my state or whatever. I yeah, I am. I'm going to look because I've never heard it in, or anything until I saw that you did. And I was like, I never heard of this. Yeah, yeah it's not one of the permanent ones like they have in Vegas or anything. It's on the road. <laughs> yeah, Cirque du is fun. I mean, it's got a lot of uh, acrobatics and stuff like that, but it tells the story in its own lot, unique way. In some of our services, when we've had a lot of elements of personalization, we've used kind of the Cirque du Soleil idea where you set up, especially if we're doing it in a canopy or the few we've done in our, in our performing arts center here in town, we've been able to stage it so that you have different elements in different parts of the front of the room. And so while you are setting up, while one part is, while people's attention is in one corner of the stage, we set up the other corner of the stage and vice versa. And that's exactly what Corteo, but that's exactly what Cirque du Soleil does. They, they don't have curtains. You are just out there and you're watching at the left and they're setting up something over in the dark on the right. And then all, all of a sudden it's like, Wow, where'd that come from? So we've right. <laughs> taken a few, few keys for that. Yeah. Or we've learned a few key points from that. <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting. And then you mentioned your new care center, which I think is a great name for your prep room. Did you remake yes. it, model it? What's that? Oh, Did we built a whole new one. Uh, okay. we, have, we have a couple of different things we want to do with our building, which is all um, with construction costs and all that. Uh, it's in flux, but we had, no matter what we did, we had to move our embalming room. So we moved it to a, where our carport was, enlarged it, put in space for additional refrigeration units, put in, um, you know, the proper ventilation. So that that's a separate ventilated room. Uh, we had a design by uh, Duncan Stewart Todd, who's a, a fabulous designer of those things. We had all the plumbing redone. And so that it's it's much more OSHA compliant, but it's also better, better air quality and better room quality from myself, my son, and our other staff members who have to work in there. They so we get it for ourselves and for the families that we can do a better job for them. So what now the old prep room, then once the new one opened, got taken part and done, it's not used at all. Well, we're not done with the care center yet. Okay. So we're still using the old embalming room, which was not really old. It was built in the 70s uh, due to the standards then. And that right. was, had to comply. was from 1949. 
So yeah. each, each one has had, you know, a different level of uh, different level of care and equipment. Okay. And like, is it something you're going to have a grand opening to show people again, that consumer oh, yeah. oh, view, yeah. what goes on in there, kind of oh, attitude change it? Yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to have people, I don't think we'll tour the old one, but we're definitely going to tour the new one before right. we start using it. Um, right. I'm, I'm all geeked out to show them everybody because everybody walks through and put their initial, as we've been taking people through, as we've been working on it, most people say, oh my gosh, look at that. That's I cool. I, I, I use that I want to serve all the hors d'oeuvres on the brand new embalming table, but <laughs> nobody, nobody said I could do that. I know. He says that's a step too far. It, it's really just a moral issue, yeah. <laughs> an ethics issue. So we'll have all that in the uh, chapel. Well, that brings us to our last question, Joe. What's your edge? What's my edge? Mm -hmm. I think our edge is our personality mm -hmm. and our imagination. We do, like I've mentioned, we do all kinds of cool things for families. We'll put together the vignettes. We'll surprise them with things like the cheesecake. Um, we do things like the old cars that a lot of other places don't have. A few of my colleagues have picked one up because of what we've done. That's our edge. Personality and helping to tell the story in a unique way and making people laugh as we talk about mom or dad. I mean, that's a big part of it. We have tears and tears are necessary, but we also have lots and lots of smiles. Family members, people in the community say, oh my gosh, that's gotta be so depressing. I said, have you ever been to one of our visitations? <laughs> it's loud in there. There's people laughing when they remember all these things. Yeah, they cry, we all cry because we miss them, but that's the cool part. So yeah, right. definitely our edge is our creativity. I think you do a great job at it. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm Jerry Oliveri, your podcast host for What's Your Edge? And my edge is talking to all of you and loving it. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Digital Dialogue Series. You can find this and every episode in the OGR Learning Library at ogr.org slash library. That's ogr.org slash library.